Hey, I want to just share something with you to not let you down, but to get you stirred up. So let's open up our Bible in Philippians. We've been talking last week, we talked a little bit about purpose and uh, some practical things about gaining and uh, fulfilling your purpose. Uh, today I want to share something, I, I may share it over a couple, of, a couple of Sundays. I want to speak on forces that work within you, forces that work within you, and this will really help you. Uh, so let's have a look in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verse uh, 12 and 13, particularly verse 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but also more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. God is working in you to do something. Hey, and uh, we're going to have a look at that whole area of what God is doing. God has planned. Remember the last week we shared how God planned, before you came into this world, He planned something for you to accomplish. I'm glad He put song in your heart, right? I like your songs. That's awesome songs. And, uh, and so God has wired us. Everyone is created for a purpose. We found in Ephesians 2, we looked at it and found that every person, God has created us for accomplishing something with our life. We're not called to just breathe in and out and then expire. We're called to do something and to do something significant and to do something that takes a little bit of risk. And uh, so God has prepared an assignment for us and it unfolds through our life. But I want to talk about uh, forces that work inside us because if we don't understand how God gets this assignment out of us, we never end up fulfilling it. And we saw last week some practical ways you could discover how, what the assignment was that God had for you. And one of them was to connect with the Holy Spirit and begin to listen to the voice of God. So notice what it says, it's God who is at work in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. That word work is a word uh, in the original language, uh, it's the word energeo from which we get the word energize. Energize to, uh, uh, to, let me give you a definition of it. It's to be active, to be efficient, to be mighty, to rouse into activity. So let's read it again. It is God who energizes you and rouses you up into activity so that you will choose to do the things that please Him. And it says not only will He rouse you up, but He'll put it in your mind to choose or to want to choose the things that please Him. And not only to want to choose them, but He says to actually do them. And that's the same word to energize or become active doing things. So let's read it again and put it in simple terms. It said, God works or energizes you so you become aware of and choose what He wants and then are empowered to work it out and get it done. Now that's amazing scripture, isn't it? That is an amazing scripture. So we are joined to the Spirit. So the Bible tells us we get born again, the Spirit of God, we are joined spirit to spirit with God. When it says God works in you, it's meaning the Holy Spirit is at work in you. The Holy Spirit energizes you. Now, if you are highly energized, I tell you, something that's energized is alive. Remember seeing that TV ad about the, the energizer batteries, you know? And they had these little remote control, these toys, you know? And they had the batteries in them, and then And then one of them starts to conks out, and the energizer battery just keeps on going. So that's the word energize. God energizes you. Now, the problem is I don't see that happening in too many Christians. So what? <laughs> 
wonder why that is so. So I don't want to focus on this today, but it's obviously that there are other forces that work to de-energize us. So the Holy Spirit works to energize us. And what I want to focus on today, I want to give you shortly in a few minutes, I want to give you four simple things you do that cause something to happen inside you that activates the Holy Spirit to energize you. You haven't got a different Holy Spirit to anyone else. You've got the same Holy Spirit. He didn't give a little bit to you and a little bit more to him and a little bit more. He gave a person the Holy Spirit. We are joined to the Spirit of God. So it's the Spirit of God that energizes us. However, my question is, well, what does he energize us to do? And more specifically, how do I get that happening in my life? And that's the most important part. How can I move from where I am to there? But before we do that, I want to look at some forces that actually also work inside you. And these are quite negative. Let's have a look in Romans chapter 7 and verse 5. Romans 7 and verse 5. Romans 7 and verse 5. And here's another force that works inside you in Romans chapter 7 and verse 5. And let's have a look at it here. And it says in verse 5, it says, For when we were in the flesh, sinful passions which were roused by the law were at work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Notice something else is at work, sinful passions or sin. And that's the same word, work, is the word energize. So what it's saying is we, when we think of sin, we tend to think of it as something we do. Well, I, I, I got angry, uh, or I said words I shouldn't have said, or I did something wrong. We, we tend to think of it in terms of something you did. What we seldom think is to actually think from a spiritual perspective. And what we don't realize is that sin is not something you did. It's more than that. Sin actually uh, operates like a living entity in your life and creates energy inside you. You have a think about this. We know the Bible tells us that there's anger, which is sin. Now, when you get really outrageously angry, have you got energy working inside you? What kind of energy have you got? You've got the energy of sin. And is it real? Oh, it's real. Well, not there. It stiffens your whole body and your eyes start to blaze and your nostrils start to snort and you're saying and doing things you shouldn't be doing. Oh, I shouldn't have been doing that. That was something energizing your whole body. And did you remember the Holy Ghost when that was happening to you? Not at all. He wasn't anywhere around. Now there's a different form of energy and it's firing up inside you and you're kicking something and there you are. And then you calm down again. Now we can pray nicely and become aware of God again. So it's now how many understand that experience? You know, you probably had it on the way to church. You drove there and someone got in the way. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm going to church. That's right. You know? Had a big row between husband and wife, and they come and I better smile, they're going home to church. But the energy is still working inside you. Sin is not something, it is a living spiritual entity. When sin is in your life, it's not just something that sits there, it is something alive, operative, active, wanting to increase its hold over your life. And it produces death. So What does it produce? It produces death. That means you become disconnected from God and from people, and you become numbed 
or cold or insensitive, because a person who's dead is disconnected, and they're cold, and they're insensitive. So when sin is operating in your life, there will be parts of your life where you are disconnected from people, where there'll be parts of your life where you're numb and dead, and there's something working in there to try and gain ground like cancer. So sin is not some thing. It's actually a living spiritual entity that just grows, and if you let it, it'll rise up and it'll dominate your mind. You, you can think of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is not just something from your past. Unforgiveness is a living energy that continues to work in your life. And it continues to try and reproduce itself. So more unforgiveness is there. Envy is the same. If you've got envy, ever remember when you got envious of someone? Oh, did you turn green? Was the energy flowing? You know, just get furious at something. The injustice of it. So sin works in us. How many know sin works in us? Eh? How many knows it works in you quite regularly? Huh? Yeah, especially when you're outside of church and not so nice then. Eh? So sin is there. Now here's the thing you've got to realize. That while we're in this body, that thing is going to be operating. You think about lust. There's something about lust that just keeps operating. I reckon it only stops operating about half an hour after the person's dead and they start to stiffen in their body and get cold. Then They're safe now. There's no energy going now. That lust has stopped once and for all. See? So, so lust is actually a strong driving energy. When you start to get a look at something you shouldn't be looking at, you'll find whether it's got energy or not. It'll rise up inside and dominate your mind. It'll, be, it'll take some effort to try and stop sinning. Have you noticed? And, it, and when we try to stop sinning, do you notice? It actually gets worse. It is. I do know a lot about these things. I do indeed. I've wrestled most of them all my life. Just didn't know how to get the victory. That was all. I've discovered something that'll help you. One of the things is it says the strength of sin is the law. You shouldn't do that, you know. You shouldn't do that. Every time you say you shouldn't do that, something right, I want to do it. Well, you just put a, a sign up over there, wet paint, don't touch. You know, someone is going to touch it. And we'll come out of church, it'll be covered with fingerprints. You put a box in the middle of a room, and it's a box, and it's got a, a lid on it, and it's got a sign up, do not open. And we leave you alone in that room. It won't be long because you will be insanely driven to open the box and have a peek. And what? And it's not because you really ever came in wanting to do it. It's just the fact you couldn't open it, and it looks like it's interesting. And the more you think, I can't do that, I shouldn't do that, I mustn't do that, I'll just have a quick peek. I'm sure it won't matter. That's what sin is like. It's an energy. You got the idea? Okay, then. So, and trying harder to stop it isn't going to help. It just makes it stronger. Now, have a look in Ephesians chapter 2. Here's another energy that works in us. Ephesians chapter 2. This one here I also know a bit about as well. Here it is, and uh, here it is, and he made us alive who once dead in trespasses and sins. And verse 2, in, in, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, said how we used to live just like the unsaved did, he's presuming we've changed now, and we were according to the prince of the power of the year, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Now here, get this, evil spirits 
work in you. That's the same word, energize. So they don't come and announce, hey, I'm an evil spirit and I'm here. They just fill you with energy that drives you to sin. And if there are areas of sin in your life that are already energized, they just get in there and ride in on top of them and make it really hard for you to get over it. So now, not only have you got a sin, you've got a devil pushing on you as well. There'd be a lot of people here who've got that happening. A lot. Well, it's a lot. Now, come on, don't be like that. You know that's true. You'd be living a lot differently if there wasn't that happening. We have a deliverance seminary every year, and we get people come in, and some of them are the same people that were there last year. And good on them for coming back. But they've recognized they've got something going on in their life. And there's a sin energy that's defeating them and making their life miserable and disconnected. And there's also demonic spirits which are oppressing and energizing the sin, making life very difficult. Because as good Christians, we know what we ought to do. And Paul wrote that in Romans 7. He said, I know what I should be doing, but I find there's a law in my body or in my flesh that goes counter. There's something de-energizing me doing what God wants. And there's not a person here exempt from both of those things. Not one of us. There's not one of us exempt from the sin energy and demonic energy that tries to depress you, hold you down, get you apathetic, get you locked in. See, apathy is not, a, it's not just a sort of a, a word. It actually is, a, it's, got a, it's a spiritual thing of a life of its own that when you've got apathy over you, it sits over you like a wet blanket. And uh, this is what you'd say, I can't be bothered. Or another way of saying it, I haven't got the energy to do that. So when spirits oppress people, they haven't got the energy to break out and be different. And so they live life low level. Now, the answer to it is not lots of laws and focusing on demons. The Bible tells us in Romans 8, there's now no condemnation. Jesus does not condemn you because you've got the struggles of sin energy and demonic energy. There's no condemnation whatsoever. And so if Jesus doesn't condemn, why on earth does most of the church condemn people and judge people that have got things wrong? As if we didn't. Hello? If you didn't, uh, have, if, you, if you were as free as you claim to be, you'd be doing a lot more for God. You know the idea? So it's because we've come under the law ourselves, so we bring others under the law. I should be doing this. I, I mustn't do that. I must do that. That's the law. There's no power in the law. You can't get energized for God with the law. All it does is defeat you every time because the thing you shouldn't be doing, you end up doing. Or you're so consumed with fighting it that you've got no energy left for anything much else. That's why many Christians live absolutely miserable lives because they come under the law and they're trying to fight and they, can't, they haven't got enough of the world to be happy and enough of God to be happy. There's not a, it's just miserable. Uh, so what's the answer to that? Well, it's very, very simple. It says the law of the spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law of sin and death. In other words, I have to activate something else, and then I get the victory. And it's the activating something else that requires you cooperate with the Holy Ghost. It says God works in you both to choose to do what he wants and then empowers you to actually do it. So here's the question. How on earth does that happen? Glad you asked. That's a good question to ask. 
How does that happen? Because it's not happening much for me, you say. <laughs> Let's give you a feel. Let's go into Ephesians chapter 3. And let me give you the keys. Because they're so simple and you've already heard them over and over, it'll be like reminding you of things you already know. And you just forgot, that's all. So what I want to do is encourage us to just remember the basics and do the basics again. And it's not so hard because they work. It always works. And you try harder to overcome your sin, you just get worse into it uh, because you come under the law. But if I actually acknowledge that sin is there and activate the spirit of life in Christ. So how can I do that? First thing to realize is I'm positioned already in a place of victory with Christ. See, we are already, it tells us in Ephesians 2, seated in the realm of heaven with him. We're joined to the overcomer. You're joined to him already. You're joined to him already. Nothing can separate you from him. You have the Spirit of God inside you. You have to find a way to activate the Holy Ghost inside you. He is willing. It's just we're not doing what we need to do that would arouse the Spirit of God to flow more powerfully through our lives. So look what it says in Ephesians chapter something. Three. Three verse 16. And Paul's prayer, he prayed, first of all, have revelation of the power that is available to us. And then in verse 16 here, he says, that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with dunamis, supernatural, miracle, Holy Ghost power by the Spirit of God in the inner man. So the Holy Ghost makes available to you and I dunamis, supernatural ability. The Holy Ghost works in us. The Holy Ghost energizes us. And when there's more energy from the Holy Ghost than there is sin and demons, you win. It's like a plane. You have a look at a big jumbo jet. Now, jumbo jet theoretically couldn't really fly. It's far too big and heavy. There's a law of gravity. It says stay on the ground. But if you get the thing moving fast enough on the ground, then another law rises, starts to take place, and you get an aerodynamic lift. And now you have one law lifting it up and another one pulling it down. And here's the thing. So long as the lift upwards is bigger than the lift downwards, up the plane goes. And away it flies, all those people on it. If at any point the lift upwards diminished and stopped, it would just go into a dive and crash. Now notice this, that while the plane is flying, the law of gravity is still there. It did not change. It is still pulling on it. It's just there's a greater lift from something else, and it overcomes it. Now, the plane or the people in the plane don't work like this. We've got to overcome gravity. We've got to really work hard to overcome gravity. Thou shalt not pull me down. You know, this is not going to help you. There's only one thing will help that plane stay in the air, and that's a greater lift upwards. And so long as it keeps moving... It'll have the greater lift upwards. Forward motion, and it starts to get a lift, and it goes up. Now, get this. The only thing that keeps you victorious over sin is not trying harder not to sin. It's actually having a life inside you that's greater than that and keeps you lifted up so continually you're above it. And if you do fall the occasional time, you're quickly back up there in activating that law of life again. So the first thing I recognize, God doesn't condemn you if you fall over. Boom, whoo, hit the ground. Boom, back up again. Quick, back up again. Up, up, up. Elevate, pull up, pull up. You know, that's what happens in a plane when it starts to go down too near the ground. The cockpit recorders, pull up, pull up, pull up. And so you start to find you're losing energy and you're starting to go down into the pit and starting to fall down where you normally would go. Before you get there and fall down into that deep hole, 
pull up. So how do we pull up? Well, there's several things you can do. Now, all of them will activate the movement of the Spirit of God in your life. Here's number one. You notice here, it says that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now, to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works, the power, the Holy Ghost power works in you, energizes you. So, how's it going to happen? Here's number one. Number one, pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Why pray in tongues? Because when you pray in tongues, your spirit is praying, your spirit is engaging the Holy Spirit, and spiritual life begins to arise in you and flow out of you. It lifts and energizes your spirit. Pray strongly, pray forcefully, and pray as much as you can. Now, that would be such a simple thing. Here's the thing. You can pray as much or as little as you like. But I tell you, if you stop praying, the energy will diminish. You get praying strongly in tongues, and you get up, and I guarantee if you were to rise up every day and over a period of two or three weeks, build your praying in tongues strongly every day, and build it up, say, praying in tongues strongly and forcefully between 15 and 20 minutes, and you're giving yourself into that praying in tongues, you'll start to feel the energy and life flowing. Of course, you'll have some reactions from your flesh. It will start to try and pull you down. Old problems will stir up, but you've got the throttle and you're pulling back. And as you pray in tongues, you are now cooperating with the Holy Spirit and enabling Him to do what He does, which is build you up. It's sort of so simple. It's not even rocket science, is it? But it's just in the doing of it, you get the results. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Know what you're doing. Let your spirit rise up. Move your body. Pray in tongues until you feel your spirit rising up and energy flowing in you. Now, that's not all we need to do, but it's a great start. Here's the second thing that we need to do. And uh, you find, if we just go back, I'll just quickly go back to that um, Philippians passage again. Is that where we started? Something there it is. Here it is. Here it is. Now notice here, verse 13, uh, it said, God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, do all things therefore without complaining or disputing. Now they go together. Isn't that amazing? When you read verses, you should read them together, read them in context. So when it says, it's God who's working inside you to do, to will and to do of his good pleasure. So therefore don't go around moaning and whinging and whining. What could be clearer? Moaning and whinging and whining will de-energize you. The complainers always de-energize the atmosphere. And they de-energize you if you hang around complaining people. You have to make a decision. If I hang around complainers and if I give voice to complaining, then this unbelief is stirred in my heart. The Holy Ghost is quenched. I am being de-energized. Ho, 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 pull up, pull up. I'm going to a bad place. So you have to make a decision. I will refuse to give in to complaining about anyone or anything. I will refuse acting like a victim and passing judgment and blame on anyone or anything. I will start to do this. I will start to show gratitude and praise the Lord. And the Bible tells us in Psalm 69, magnify the Lord with thanksgiving. Make God bigger in your life by magnifying Him, by expressing gratitude for all the blessings you have. 
So it says in Psalm 69, verse 30, it says, I will praise the name of the Lord with a song. I heard race, praise the name of the Lord. Did you get stirred up this morning when we had that sound of joy? And, but there was a spirit of faith in that song. Well, you see, that's what this is talking about. That lifts your spirit. That energizes you. How many got energized? See? Yeah, you're energized if you decided to. But you know, you get energized as you begin to praise the Lord and thank Him, show gratitude. If you were to decide for one week, I'm going to do all I can not to complain and to catch my complaining out, and I'm going to start to, start to show gratitude to God, gratitude to people, start to thank God for all the things I have, the blessings I have, what a great place to live in, and I start to adopt an attitude of gratitude and praise to the Lord continually, you know what will happen? You'll energize the moving of the Spirit inside you. I guarantee it. Why? The Bible tells us that's how you access the presence of God, come into His presence with Thanksgiving, enter his gates with praise, come into his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. So I come in being thankful and praising, I can enjoy God. Now we tend to think of that as just a church service. Oh, I will come in and say, thank you, Jesus, and honor Jesus. No, this is how you live in the flow of the Spirit. See, Paul and Silas were beaten up. Now they could say, it's not fair, it's Romans, you know, they're persecuting us and the devil's out to get us. They didn't say that, they just praised the Lord. And there was an earthquake and the whole prison opened up and there was some family, family got saved. See, New Zealand's got a, a real issue in the DNA of being negative and critical. You've got to decide, that's over for me. And if people around me are negative, goodbye, goodbye. I just want to elevate my life. I don't want to go down into the sinkhole of your negativity and unbelief and complaining. I want to stay in a positive place where I'm enjoying the presence of God and I'm highly energized because I have a mission to fulfill. You hang around too many negative people and they will de-energize you in pursuing God and fulfilling what God called you to do with your life. It's absolutely certain. Think about this. There's an example of it in the Bible in Numbers chapter 13 where two to three million people lost their way because 10 people just gave a negative critical report. It's written for our learning. There's two things too. If you just did those two things to help you a lot. I'll give you two more things. I'll make them real quick. Here's the next one, the third one. Learn to tune into the voice of the Holy Spirit and listen to him and do what he says. Learn to tune into the Holy Ghost. Why? Because in Galatians 5, 6, he who supplies the Holy Ghost and works, there it is that word again, energizes the miraculous or supernatural. How does he do it? By working hard to be a goody Christian or by the hearing of faith? It's the hearing of faith. So every time you tune in to listen to the Holy Spirit and start to do what He's telling you and start to act out on what He's saying, energy comes into your life. You become energized. It says, notice it says, He who ministers the Spirit to you and energizes miracles to happen, how does He do it? Does He do it because you just came to church? No, it says it's by the hearing of faith. So when I've stirred my spirit up, I must practice constantly and just a moment, just turn in and say, God, just speak to me. Holy Ghost, just talk with me. Talk with me, Holy Spirit. Speak to me. And so you could just, from one minute, you could just stop, begin to show gratitude and praise. Lord, I just thank you. You're a wonderful God. I thank you for your presence here with me, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, you're in me. I just honor you and welcome you, Lord. I open my heart. Now, Lord, begin to just speak to me. Encourage me. Show me some things I need to do. I can immediately start to access the presence of God. But if I let negativity get around me, it shuts all of that down. The miraculous flows when you hear the voice of God. So if you want a greater level of the life of the Spirit, you've got to activate your spirit, 
maintain an attitude of gratitude and praise and learn to listen for the small impressions of the Holy Spirit and act on them, and you'll start to get in a river of life. You just get it in a flow. And the more you act on it, the more you get, and the, and the flow starts to increase and to grow. Here's the last one that we need to do. There's probably there's more, but this is one I felt the Lord put in my heart. You need to learn to give voice to God's word. Now, this is something that's incredibly missing among so many believers. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13. You get this one here. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13. You received the word which we preached unto you, not as the word of men. Oh, well, who's up preaching on Sunday? Oh, okay. Well, I don't like that preach. I'll stay home. And oh, I don't know. I like that message, you know. He said that you didn't receive it by looking at the people speaking and how they spoke. You received it as it is in truth, the word of God, which works. There it is. Energizes or creates activity in your life if you believe it. Now, in Hebrews 4 verse 2, it tells us they heard the word of God, but it didn't do them any good whatsoever because they never believed on it. So believing is not, well, that's nice. That was a good message. I agree with that. No, 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 that's not believing. The demons do that. Yeah, they believe in God and they tremble, but it doesn't save them. See, believing from a biblical point of view is that you embrace what you have heard and start to operate it in your life. So to speak the word of God, so when we say speaking the word of God, the word of God works. The word of God works. The word of God releases energy in your spirit. It reduces, releases energy in your life. The Word of God will activate the Holy Spirit to move. Remember in Genesis, the Spirit of God brooded over creation, and when the Word was spoken, the Spirit moved. Now, that's the first time you see the Spirit moving, and He moves when the Word is spoken with faith. Now, think about your own life. If you started to get the Word of God in your heart and start to speak God's Word over your life and circumstances regularly and consistently, the Spirit of God will begin to move in a different way through your life. And it's not just that you wrap it on the Scripture. You need to wrap your heart in it through meditation and speak it. You see, words communicate language, but our voice communicates the Spirit. See? So you can read a scripture and have and, and just it's read and then it's gone just like that. But when the word is spoken, you you manifest your spirit when you speak the word of God. So you notice that most of the miracles in the Bible where the Holy Ghost moved and changed things, someone spoke and they spoke forcefully and strongly. So learn to speak the word of God over your life. Take the Bible and begin to pray scripture. I thank you. I'm accepted in the beloved. I am redeemed in whom I have you know, forgiveness and, and so on. You begin to pray the Bible out over your life. Such a, I thank you, Lord, today. You're filling me and strengthening me with might in my spirit by the Holy Ghost today. My, and then you start with the scripture and then personalize it and get in a flow of prayer. Your energy will rise massively. So start with the Scripture, declaring the Scripture, and then begin to pray around that Scripture and make it personal. See, the Bible says, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and quickens your mortal body. 
and shall quicken your mortal body. Let's take that scripture. I thank you, Lord, today. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within me and quickens my mortal body. I thank you, Lord. Now, you see, I've just, as I've done that, I've meditated and I've held a strong belief that if I will give to the Holy Ghost, He will quicken my body with energy and life. And I'll stay young and lively and vigorous. And people who yield to sin energy will grow old quickly. People who stay full of the Holy Ghost stay very young and youthful. People who just let sin and negativity get over their life age quickly. It shows because sin is an energy. Sin causes decay and death. You see some people and you think, I can't believe you're only that old. You're carrying on like an old person. It's all in what's going on in their mind and spirit. Now, I, I know and understand that, that sometimes there are physical sicknesses and limitations around people, but it is also true that the Spirit of God, when I get it in my spirit, will cause my spirit to come alive, and my whole body will respond. Think about that. So you could take Scripture and start to speak it over your life. Start to speak. Today, I speak over my day. I say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in the Lord today. I thank you, Lord, today. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make a boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear and be glad. Today, Lord, I will praise you and bless you. Now, you see, you start to get into a flow praying Scripture, and then before you know it, the Spirit is flowing through you. You become highly energized in your prayer. Your prayer life changes. If you make sin your focus, failures your focus, faults your focus, sin energy will overwhelm you and depress you, and your spirit will not arise and be released. You'll have no lift. You may have done your time, but you'll still be on the ground. It's like not getting up enough speed to lift off. And it doesn't take much to lift off. All I've got to do is just activate what God has put inside me. See, get it again. It's really clear. I can pray in tongues and allow the Spirit of God to rise in me. I can praise and demonstrate gratitude to everyone and everything. I can be a very, very happy person thanking people and appreciating people and being glad about what people have done and and thank thank you, Lord, for this great day and lovely people. I can do that. And my spirit will arise. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Not for everything, in everything, just be thankful. God, you're with me. Well, that's a bit of a, that's a, bit of a downer that there to happen. But you know what? I thank you, Lord. You're going to use it for my good. So I'm going to grow in this. It'll be a stepping stone to something better. Now, you see, that gives you a different winning attitude that stirs your spirit, energizes you with life. Wow, we need to be energized with life. Isn't that right? Anything less than God will let you down.